If you don't mind, would you guys stand with us and we're gonna read our foundation scripture. It'll be on the screen behind you, uh, behind me. And then it'll also, if you've got a new King James, we're gonna go to Matthew 24 and verses three and four. And if you'll stand with us and we're gonna read it together. In verse three, it says, and, and when we say he, we're talking about Jesus. Uh, let's read together. Now he sat on the Mount of Olives. The disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the ages. Verse four, I'm sorry, I turned too many pages, my bad. Hold on, don't go anywhere. Come, baby, come back. Verse four, and Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the ministry of your word, the power of your word. We believe that it is, a, it is the incarnation of Jesus himself in this planet, the living word of God. And we receive it tonight with open hearts in Jesus name. And everyone said, amen. amen. You can be seated. Do y'all mind if I sit tonight? So I have done notes like that for Allison. How many, how many years of notes do you have in your little, Allison has kept every single notes that we've ever done in a midweek. How many do you think, how many years do you think you have? 30. <laughs> so this is the first time that I ever, have ever done notes that I don't have fill-ins. So, and the reason that I didn't have any fill-ins is because as I was putting this into a format to, um, to look at, I realized there wasn't very much that I wanted to add to it or should add to it. So we're gonna go, and if you need a handout, uh, does anybody need a handout? Hold your, up your hand if you need a handout. And I would encourage you, we need a handout up here. Anybody else need a handout? And I'd also encourage, Ryan, do you mind making sure people that want a pen and or highlighters? because there's gonna be some specific things that we point out in tonight's text that will be very um, germane to where we are in the world and specifically the signs of the times. So let's go to Genesis. We're going all the way to the beginning. So Genesis chapter 12, so if you're in your Bible, it is the very first book of the Old Testament. So it'll be the very first book of your Bible and chapter 12 and in verse one. And I want you to um, have liberty to write in your Bible, to highlight in your Bible. You can use the sheets as well. If you don't have your Bible with you, that's fine. But I want us to interact with our Bibles. And then part of that as well is I want you to see it. Yeah, I've had this happen many times. How many of you have like a favorite Bible? Yeah, it's kind of like, I, you can take my car, you can take my house, you can take, don't take my Amplified. Amen. So it's like, because I even, does anybody else bear witness this? I even know where it is on the page when I'm looking for something. I may not be able to find it, but I know where it is. So if I flip through and I felt in good company the other day because Bill Johnson was looking for something. He goes, I know where it is. It's on the left side in the middle. I said, I like the way he thinks. So in, in uh, Genesis chapter one, this is uh, God speaking to Abram before he became Abraham. And real quickly, we and Jewish people and Muslims have Abram and Abraham in common. If you heard um, President Trump when he was uh, in office, he 
uh, came up with the Abraham Accord. And that was a coming together of Christians, Jews, and Muslims. And for the first time in ever, that kind of solidarity for peace in the Middle, Middle East. And then another specific thing to President Trump, whatever you think of him, he moved the United States Embassy to Jerusalem, which is very significant to how we believe as Christians. So these are significant things that happened just within the last five or six years that, um, that God is involved in. So let me also say this when we're th talking about the signs of the times, the, Isra the Israeli people, and I don't know if you saw this interview, it was very interesting, a guy named Brett Baer interviewed the Saudi crown prince. And they are right, were and are on right on the verge of Saudi Arabia and Israel coming into a peace agreement. And so with that in mind, Hamas, the people that, uh, that occupy Gaza, have no interest in peace and have no interest in Israel becoming peace with, let me say it, with their brothers. Because... Abram, Abraham had a son, Isaac, which follows Christianity, Christian faith and Judaism, but he also had a son named Ishmael that follows the Muslim religion. So they really are brothers. Now, not brothers in Christ, but brothers in God coming from Abraham. So terrorist, extremist, Hamas, Hezbollah don't want peace in the Middle East. And so right on the cusp of Israel and Saudi Arabia coming into a peace agreement, we saw what happened on October the 7th, a couple of Saturdays ago. But let's look and see what God says here about Abram. It says now in Haran, and Haran is where Abram was dwelling. The Lord said to Abram, um, let me situate myself, forgive me for a second here. Go for yourself, for your son, advance, oh, let me pull it closer where I can see it. Go, your own advanced away, your country, for your relatives and your father's house to the land that I will show you. Now we're about to go from Haran to a land called Canaan. If you look up Canaan, Canaan is they call it, and my, my mind just went blank, uh, Latvia. Does that sound right to you, Michelle? She's our resident Israeli extrovert back there, uh, which is the southern part of, of uh, the Middle East, which includes uh, a good portion of Israel. Verse 2, and I will make of you, if you have your notes or your Bible, I will make of you a great nation. Underline or highlight great nation and I will bless you with abundant increase of favor. And God's talking to Abram, and I will make your name famous and distinguished, and you will be a blessing dispensing good to others. Here's the key right here in the next verse. And I will bless those who bless you. Very significant. Let me, let, me full, let, me, let me finish the verse. 
who consider prosperity, uh, who confer prosperity or happiness upon you and curse him who curses or uses insolent language toward you. And in you will all the families and uh, kindred of the earth be blessed and by you they will bless themselves. One of the things that we're dealing with right now and even in our government is a hatred for Israel and the Jewish nation. It is akin at this point to the treatment of Jewish people in the 1940s with Hitler and the Nazis. It is akin to it. This is how it starts. I don't know if you've seen any of it. It's, it's disturbing, but there are countries around the world, including Lebanon and Egypt and different ones in that area that right now have protests in front of the American embassy against Israel and the United States because of our stance with Israel. Before we get comfortable, there, is, there was also today a protest in the nation's capital, capital against Israel and pro-Palestinian, which let me, let me make this differentiation right here. The Palestinian people, in a way, are innocent. It's Hamas, the active religious terrorist organization that has occupied Gaza. But what's happened is that they are anti-Israel. I mean, let me think how to, to make this sequence where it makes sense. We have a congresswoman that today was demonstrating in front of our nation's capital against Israel. And specifically, under the notion that Israel had uh, bombed a Gaza hospital. Our intelligence, Israeli intelligence, British intelligence, all concur with the current information that that Gaza hospital was bombed by a failed Hamas missile. So let's how do we know that? One is that when Israel fires into their enemies, when they've been attacked, <laughs> is it leaves large craters where their missiles go. In addition, Israel has an elaborate uh, drone surveillance where they know what's going on for the most part. So most people, including our president, who was in Israel today, concur that that was a misfired Hamas missile that killed many people in that hospital. Yet, we have a congresswoman that is demonstrating in front of our nation's capital, crying that Israel had attacked a, a hospital in Gaza. Now you want to talk about what? What, what was? What's the big uh, catchword? Misinformation, <laughs> and not just an opinion. Now remember this. Remember back to when people posted stuff about COVID 
or they posted stuff about the election and their posts were taken down and they were banned off of social media because of misinformation. And for the most part, that didn't affect too many people when you just said, you know, I want to know if there's other treatments to COVID other than vaccines. And they were castigated for their stance. Yet <laughs> we have a Congresswoman of the United States of America claiming that our strongest ally in the Middle East bombed a hospital. It's outrageous. So I'm going somewhere with all this, just kind of wrapping up current events to, to show where this tension and hatred is coming from because of God's stance for Israel. Okay, so let's go to Deuteronomy. So Deuteronomy, we're in Genesis, and Deuteronomy is gonna be just a couple of books to the right. So Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Do we need to do our books of the Bible song? When we were, let me tell you what, y'all, we have amazing worship leaders and worship um, uh, art and talent in this church, but Worship has come a long way. <laughs> and I remember growing up in a, in a kind of a Pentecostal church, and this guy wrote this song called Deuteronomy. It was the hokiest song you've ever heard. You, you, you know, have you ever heard that Jesus is a friend of mine? It was equally hokey. Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy. And we didn't know any better than to clap with it. We thought it was cool. And you look back 30, 40 years later, it's like, that was the hokiest. <laughs> So in Deuteronomy chapter 7, once again, I want you to interact with your Bible or the, the, the notes as we talk about this. Deuteronomy 7, uh, starting in verse 6. For you are God talking to Israel, for you are a holy and set apart people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a special people to himself out of all the people on the face of the earth. Does God mix words? He specifically says they are a precious people to him. And let me, let me say this, since I don't know of anybody in here that's Jewish, I'm not Jewish either, above us. It's, it's, it's God is playing favorites. But if we just read the Abrahamic covenant, God said, I will bless those who bless you. So as believers and Christians, our call is to bless God's people. Our call is to love and honor the ones that God, God calls people, his blessed people, well, let me read it again. His most special people to himself out of all the people on the face of the earth. Verse seven. The Lord did not set his love upon you or cho choose you because you were uh, more in number than any other people, for you were the fewest of people. And if you think about Israel is about the size of, um, oh, my mind just went blank, is New Jersey. Thank you. I kept on wanting to say Delaware. <laughs> of New Jersey. So our state, New Jersey, is about the size of Israel and think of that this people group all occupy that land right there and God calls them his most favored people of all the earth, even though you might be few in number. Verse eight, but because the Lord loves you and because he would keep the oath 
which he has sworn to your fathers, the Lord has brought you out of a with, with a mighty hand, and he's specifically talking about bringing them out of Egypt, and redeemed you out of the house of bondage from the hands of the Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Verse nine, know, recognize, and understand therefore that the Lord your God, he is God. The faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love and mercy to those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. God declares right here that his covenant with the Jewish people and the people of Israel extends to a thousand generations. So for us to to think back to even 1940, for us to think back to 2,000 years ago is a small sliver of time when it comes to the covenant that God has made with the people of Israel. If you do a conservative uh, amount what a generation is, we can say a generation, if you go by a secular standard, is 20 years. A couple of Wednesdays ago, we talked about a generation from Psalms 90 between 70 and 80 years. But let's just go with 20. If he keeps a covenant with Israel for a thousand years and a generation is 20 years, that is 20,000 years. I don't think we've been in existence 20,000 years. If you just think Jesus was born 2,000 years ago, and 18,000 years before that. The point is that God is not going to change his mind when it comes to the people of Israel. And all that to say is that it is to our benefit to align our hearts and align our beliefs with God's beliefs when it comes to Israel. So Jonathan, what does that say about current events? People standing against the nation of Israel, who is not perfect, but neither are we, <laughs> are in direct enmity with God himself. Right now, there are people on the face of this planet that say, death to Israel, death to the United States. A couple of Saturdays ago, we saw an invasion that happened in Israel that many historians believe has been the worst attack on Israel since the Holocaust. When people were coming over the border and decapitating children and infants and murdering women and capturing people, the United States has, if I remember right, there's still 25 Americans that are being held hostage in Gaza right now. If you remember a couple of weeks ago, we did a prisoner swap with Iran was for five. We exchanged for five and then we also gave them $6 billion with a B, a billion. And right now, they now have a couple of dozen of people that are Americans just like us. And we just pray for their protection and their safety. It, it can't be a comfortable situation. So right now there's people on this planet that are in opposition to 
Israel to the United States. As a matter of fact, they call Israel the little Satan. They call us the big Satan. And they are in direct in, in enmity with God's heart himself. So it's disturbing to see, and you see this a lot of times with let me, let me say it this way. A lot of times with college campuses that it is very mindless that they stand up and say free Palestine, but say nothing about the Jewish people that were murdered and attacked two weeks ago. This congresswoman that today was interviewed, she said, I can't help but cry to think of the children that were, were murdered in that hospital attack that came in Gaza. Yet she said, shed zero tears for the Jewish children that were innocently murdered two weeks ago. And she's shedding tears. <laughs> I didn't mean to get this pointed tonight. I hope you forgive me. And she's shedding tears for an attack that came within their own borders. It's hypocrisy. Through and through. Unfortunately, it's a sign of the time. Let's go now to Deuteronomy 14. So we're in seven. So we're going to go a couple of chapters to the right in verse two. God's still talking to Israel. For you are a holy people set apart to the Lord, your God. And the Lord has chosen you to be a peculiar people to himself above all the nations of the earth. And the reason that I don't have fill-ins today is because there's not much to add to this. That the heart of God in the word of God is crystal clear about his heart for Israel. That he says that he, would, that he has chosen them as a peculiar people above all the nations of the earth. Let's go to Zechariah. So Zechariah is gonna be a little bit funky because it's, it's kind of three quarters of the way through the Old Testament. So if you get to Psalms, Proverbs, keep on going to the right. And I'm gonna pray up here that I find it. If I'm right, it's after Isaiah and Jeremiah. Lamentations, Ezekiel. So anybody found it? Give us the page number. <laughs> Zechariah. And if you can't find it, no big deal. I'm, I'm about to punt too and go for my notes. But I want you to see this. There's two things. Zechariah found it. So if you go back past uh, Daniel, Joel, Jose, o, Amos, Obadiah, Zechariah in chapter 2. And by the way, um, a couple weeks ago, there, we, there was a precious young man that I've known for ever in a year that was here in our service, and he didn't have a Bible. And I asked him, I said, do you have a Bible? And he said, I don't have a Bible. So we got him a Bible immediately. So if you uh, don't have a Bible after the service, come talk to me, and we will get you a Bible immediately. So chapter 2, verse 5 says this, For I say the Lord, and let me, let me also uh, give you a little bit of context right here. This is an angel of the Lord addressing Israel. For I say the Lord, 
will be her wall, talking about Israel, talking about Jerusalem, a wall a fire around about, and I will glory in the midst of her. For thus says, said the Lord of hosts, I'm on verse eight now, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna skip a little bit here in Zechariah for context, for specificity, I should say. Verse eight, for thus said the Lord of hosts, after his glory had seen me, his messenger to the nations, once again, this is an angel of the Lord addressing them, who plunder you, for he who touches you, this is in direct reference to the nation of Israel, he who touches you touches the apple or the pupil of his eye. Before we go to verse nine, has, that, has have you ever had anybody and they get close to your eye? Have you ever had that where you, they get close to your eye and you'll grab their hand? I mean, if they're like trying to mess with you, you'll grab their hand and stop them. That's one of the reasons I don't wear contacts because every time I would try to put on contacts, I put it on my eyelid because <laughs> I shut my eye as soon as I get, because anything that gets close to it, you have a reflex for it. And if somebody is messing with you, not only do you have a reflex, but you'll grab their hand. And this, this messenger of the Lord, this angel, declares that for the nation of Israel, whoever touches them touches the apple of his eye. So this is good news and it's bad news. Because in, in Zechariah, if we go back to Genesis with the Abrahamic covenant, then it makes sense when it says, I will bless those who bless you. But God help the one that comes against him. God help them. Let's go to verse nine. Behold, I will uh, swing my hand over them, <laughs> the wrath of God, and they should, uh, shall become plunder for those who serve them. Then you shall know, recognize, understand that the Lord of hosts has sent me his messenger. Verse 10, sing and rejoice, O daughter of Zion, for behold, I come and I dwell in the midst of you, says the Lord. Now go to verse 13. This is a cool verse. This whole chapter right here in Zechariah is this angel of the Lord speaking to the nation of Israel. Be still all flesh before the Lord, for he is aroused and risen from his holy habitation. Now that may not make a whole lot of sense, and I'm not a huge fan of the Message Bible. If you want ask me privately why I'm not a huge fan, I'll tell you. I'm not going to say it from the pulpit. I am a huge fan of the Passion Bible, written by Brian Simons. Brian Simons wrote the Passion Bible in connection with the Greek and the Hebrew. Uh, Peterson, Eugene Peterson, wrote the message just out of the vernacular. But I do like what he uses right here, and it's on your notes as well, the message. That last verse in 13, quiet everyone, shh, silence before the Lord, something's afoot in his house, he is on the move. Here is the thing that everyone that has ever come against Israel, that has ever come against God, has underestimated, and that is the might of the great God Jehovah. 
And this angel of the Lord declares right here, I, I, I was a little bit fuzzy on it when um, it says, and he is aroused in his holy temple in his holy habitation. And the connotation is there, he is about to show himself strong. This is an interesting part of this because it says he's aroused or he's risen. Every reference to Jehovah, every reference to Jesus always refers to them as an authority place seated. So when they stand up, it's a big deal. <laughs> Did you ever have that when you were a kid and you're, you were saying something sassy and all of a sudden your parents stood up and you like got the shivers? <laughs> it's like, I didn't mean that. There was a TikTok I saw the other day that the kid, uh, the dad was in a recliner and the kid said, shut up, mom. And he, that father stood up and when he was, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> His dad was about to snap him in two. His dad went from a reclined seated position, a place of authority. This is his home. This is his castle. And when his son was recording himself on TikTok and decided to be stupid and say, shut up, mom, nobody's listening to you. He found out that his father was aroused and in his holy temple. <laughs> and his dad was huge too, this big old dude. I mean, just could have swatted him with, uh, you know, in a second. That's our God. That's the reference of our God to the people, the nation of Israel. Let's go to Galatians. We're going to go to the New Testament now. So you're going to go all the way into the New Testament. So Galatians is one of the four central Pauline epistles. So if you're at 2 Corinthians like me, go back to the right. If you're in Ephesians, go to the left. We're going to go to Galatians 3.14. And I know I'm not really dynamic tonight, but I want you to see it. I want you just to see it in the Word of God with your own eyes so as there's established. Let me say it this way. There's a spirit in the earth right now that is just plain and simple anti-Semitic. It is the same demonic spirit that caused Hitler to kill six million Jews. It's the same spirit. And we as believers need to have that kind of insight that we understand the, the spirit that we're dealing with. And it is that same spirit, demonic spirit, that, that wants to murder Jews. In Galatians uh, 3, 14, it was interesting. We have an Israeli flag outside underneath the American flag. And Allison had posted it the other day. And she had somebody on that had screenshotted it and reposted it. And what did they say, sweet? That's crazy. This wasn't somebody from Lebanon. This was somebody here. That this, this demonic indoctrination against Jews has permeated this country. And let me, let me say it this way. If we went back to 1945 and went through the death camps of Auschwitz and all those and saw the slaughter of an entire people group simply for the fact that they were Jews. I hope that the young people, the mindless young people in this country would have a second thought before they posted something ridiculous like that. It's that outrageous. 
And hopefully by the end of tonight, I've proven to you that God does not take lightly those who come against Israel. In Galatians, it says, to the end that through them receiving Christ Jesus, the blessings, the promised to Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. God is so good. So that we through faith might all receive the realization of the promise of the Holy Spirit. Paul is paralleling right here. Somebody's getting the Holy Ghost out there. <laughs> paralleling the Holy Spirit, the receiving of the Holy Spirit to the blessing of Abraham that God intended to come upon the Gentiles. And Gentiles is people that are non-Jewish. That's all of us. Do you see how good our God is? He said, I'm going to take a man named Abram and I'm going to put my seal of approval on him and all his family that they are my chosen people. And then... As believers, if you covenant with me, I will make the same favor and blessing that I put upon Abraham come on you as well. That's a win-win. That's a and so it is, it is our duty, our obligation as believers, according to the word of God, to partner in covenant with God when it comes to where he stands on the nation and the people of Israel. Let's close back in Matthew. So Matthew um, 24. So we're going to go back to the beginning of the New Testament. And this is where we started last week in Matthew 24. Remember when we asked, when we stood up and said our scripture reading, the disciples asked Jesus, when will the, um, when will the end of the age be? And he goes through many, many different things. But let me just, let's read what he says right here in, in, in a little part. Jesus said, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. Does it sound familiar? Right now, there is great speculation that Lebanon, that Hezbollah, that Iraq and Iran will all attack the Jews. And if we, this propaganda along the lines of that they bombed a hospital gets into enough people's minds, they'll do crazy things. So I don't know if that's gonna happen. That's pure speculation on my, but, the, but Jesus said that you'll hear wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not frightened or troubled, for this must take place by the end, but the end is not yet. For nation, if you've got your notes, I want you to write, um, races, not racist, but races or people groups. When it says nation in the Bible is referring to people groups. For people groups will rise against people groups. There's racial tension right there. And if you have, if, if you are you like me sometimes when it comes to racial tension and I'm half Mexican myself, so it's not like, you know, I'm, but when you, when you come and say, I don't see people as in rate. I don't see them in color. I don't see them in skin tones. But there's a, a pernicious spirit in this country that tries to bring race into every single thing. 
And it's usually they're covering themselves or promoting themselves when they say everybody else is racist. Well, the Word of God says that nations, races will rise against races and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famine and earthquakes in places after place after place. But this is not but the beginning, the early pains of the birth pangs of the intolerant anguish. Before I read the next one, let me read that again. And all of this is but the beginning, the earthly pains of the birth pangs of the intolerable anguish. Let me, let me read the next one because this is significant. Then they will hand you over to suffer affliction and tribulation and put you to death and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Now, I believe that there will be persecution for current day people that stand up for righteousness and stand up for Israel and stand up for the Jews. I believe that's gonna happen. But I think in context right here, if you remember what last week when I said that Jesus said, this generation will not pass away until these things take place. And I believe that this reference right here to uh, suffer affliction, I believe that's referring to the Holocaust. If you tie the context together, and this is just I'm, somebody that is way more scholarly than me can, can prove me wrong. But if you tie that together, Jesus says that a nation would be born in a day. We talked about that last week. And that nation will not pass away, that uh, generation will not pass away until the end of times. And then Jesus says, there will be wars, rumors of wars and so forth. But then he also says that there will be great suffering and affliction. And I believe in 1948, when Israel was established as a nation, it was just within a couple of years before that, that six million of them were slaughtered. For the simple fact that they were Jewish. If you think how silly it was, they, and just evil, they would go and they would measure the, the, the depths of their noses to, to determine if they were Jewish. And if their nose was too big, they labeled them Jews and, and many, many, in many instances murdered them. It's evil. So I believe this is what is, is tying that together. Like I said, somebody with more information can, but I, what does that believe? That I believe, I believe that Jesus should probably come, could come back at any moment. I believe that, I believe that he could. But I, I, want, I, I want our hearts never to be in an escapism mentality that we're just trying to get out of here. I was talking to a coworker today and she was very upset about all the things that had happened with Israel. And you know what one, the one thing she said to me was? She said, one of, my, one of my daughters is not born again. She said, I mean, I want Jesus to come back, but I know that she said her daughter's name is not born again. Talk about a mandate. <laughs> Talk about a call on our lives. Talk about an urgency in the atmosphere. We don't know. I don't know if he's coming back next year, 50 years from now, 100 years from now. I don't know. But if he is, there's a lot of work to be done. There's a lot of people to love. 
there's a lot of people to reach out to, to be kind to, to, to share the good news with them. If for the simple fact that they're hurting today and, mess, and give them the message of hope. I believe, I believe that God's got a work for us to do. If these are the signs of the times, if these are the end of days, I, I, maybe, maybe not, but I do know this, there's a work to do. There's, a, there's people to reach. There's a harvest to come in, so much so that Jesus, Jesus said, the fields are already white unto harvest, meaning it's ready to be brought in. It's ready right now. Can we set our hearts toward that? Can we set our heart? And I think the biggest part of that is getting our eyes off of all of our daily troubles that distract us, distract us from the opportunities to minister to hurting people. That's exciting. Years ago, I heard uh, this youth pastor say this powerful statement. He said, reaching the lost at any cost because people live forever. That's a mandate. Let me pray for you. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the, the authority of your word in our hearts. And we, Lord Jesus, we don't, we don't know when you're coming back. That's not for us to sit around and, and contemplate for too long at all. But Lord, we thank you that you've given us a mandate to reach hurting people. So whether it's at the grocery store or Chick-fil-A or Costco or wherever we are in our neighborhoods, we were ever ready to bless people and minister to them and give them the good news of the gospel. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.